Hello, what's going on? My name is Rich Ryan, bringing you another Torque Talk. So this past weekend was the first U.S. National Series race for Spartan, and we had several athletes on the Obstacle Racing Collab go out and compete. So today we are going to get some race recaps to give you some insight on what went well, what might not have gone so well, and just so you can really take in to see how these pro-level athletes are approaching the races, how they decompress after a race, and some of the tips and some of the next level things that they are doing that you could kind of put into your own practice as well. So we have Annie Doobie who finished sixth overall in the women's. She'll be giving, uh, we'll be going over the women's race first. Then we have Logan Broadbent who finished third podium. We have Mark Gaudet who finished seventh and we have Nick Riker who finished 11th and they're going to take us through their race and everything that kind of happened, some of the things that they did well, some of the things that didn't do so well. So really great conversations. I think you'll get a lot of value from it. It's the first step on uh, a long season, so we're super excited here at the Obstacle Racing Collab, and it's just been nice to get some racing back going. Let's do it. All right, Annie Doobie is here. What's going on, Annie? How are you? I'm doing great. Glad that this first race is behind me, honestly. What, <laughs> there was what, a lot of like stress and anxiety leading up to it. So what's it feel like now that it's done? Are you like, how does that feel? It feels good. Like I really didn't have like a whole lot of expectations going into it. Cause I just, I don't know. I wasn't sure. Like I knew my workouts were going pretty well just based on like how I was feeling and stuff, but it's never this, like, you never really know until you're out there and like having not done any sort of race or obstacle course in general over a year, like I had very little confidence going into that. So, um, to have gone and like done pretty well, um, feels awesome. Like it's definitely a boost to my confidence and like gives me more, just to work for like now I know okay here are the things I need to work on for the next one which is always a good feeling so right whereas we were kind of training before is like shooting blind right it's like we think yeah. this would be a little bit there's a little bit of here but um like you said like just the way that your training was going is just kind of general fitness stuff you know like there wasn't a ton of a ton of things that were geared toward toward Jacksonville really at all um like maybe a little bit of sharpening here or there but nothing that like was leading up big for this one big sort of big race um so you just went there and you finished sixth which um which is great uh last year you finished 11th yep so outside so this is your best finish at a u.s national series race um great you've only done a few here or there but still it's a great way to kind of start start the season and when we initially talked uh, i didn't really want to put any type of goal around a metric right that was something we kind of talked about it's like let's just see how it goes get out there and just push really hard and and figure out like how you feel and then we can kind of debrief after that and see moving forward what's a reasonable place um to aim for or if there's some sort of metric that we want to go after down the road but this first one look let's just get it under your belt and then uh worry about it then so if like a week ago you knew where you were going to finish like how do you think you would have felt would you have been like versus how you feel now like how how are you feeling about the way you finished I feel good like there was a lot of uncertainty also just with like the field going in I wasn't 
I didn't even know until like a day or two before the race, like who exactly was going to be there. So mm. I really didn't have any expectations for like placement, like top 10 was my goal just based on last year being like 11th and have, having had missed my spear last year. Like I knew it was feasible for me to be top 10, um, based on that. So I don't know. It was like, it was good knowing, okay, there were some like new players who, sh- who showed up that definitely like shook up the field a little bit, but knowing that like, I still um, was able to like come out ahead of those people was good. Um, and then also just like inching closer to the, the top people who um, at first, like I was nowhere near them. And now like I'm in the mix with them is definitely um good good to know for like the next big race yeah and as we covered on the last time you came on a torque talk where you had an injury like this you haven't really been training that long after the injury no (laughs) yeah so like in terms of where you are this is great um but let's go over like the race itself and just kind of talk about how you're feeling during it what what like the the nuts and bolts and ins and outs of the race itself um, so when you started off like that first portion of the race, really, it was like the first mile or so there wasn't much, um, there weren't many obstacles, but you were out there, you did Spartan cross on Friday, smash, smashed it, took home, took home a W r- ripped some attire, but you made it through. Um, but you went out on Saturday as, as well, just kind of check things out. And you said, you told me, you're like, it's, it's pretty muddy. Like it's not going to be as fast as people think it's going to be. And you were right. Um, so in that first, that first mile or so where it looked like it was going to be the screaming start basically until you got to the swamp. Um, how, how did that kind of turn out for you and like the race that you were in? Yeah. So everyone went out really hot. Like at least that was my opinion of it. Like Nicole went out like a rocket, like her typical self. And like it, it had me a little bit like panicked because I just don't feel like I have a top speed at that level right now. Um, I've only been doing speed work like a few weeks before the race. So Mm. that kind of had me nervous, but knowing like it gave me a ton of confidence having run the course the, the, the day before, because I knew people would, would slow down as soon as that like mucky swamp section came up and, and it really wasn't too far in, like maybe like 800 meters and we started getting like a little bit of mud. So I don't know the first, the first half mile, I was like a little bit further back than I wanted to be, but like, I didn't panic too much just knowing like I probably would have a chance to catch up as soon as they got a little bit um tripped up so Hmm. that I think it it went as well as it could have um in the beginning and it played out exactly how I thought like um those faster runners I eventually caught like probably a mile in like during like the thick of the swamp section and by the time we had gotten to the bucket carry I had passed like I think I was maybe in like fourth going out of the bucket so um it just it just went pretty well and like luckily I don't even consider myself a super technical runner but 
um, I just pushed myself and like, didn't let the fear and the like doubt creep in that like, okay, I don't, I don't get a chance to practice this a lot. Um, I just kind of attacked it and like, luckily didn't take any falls <laughs> the day before I had fallen like four times in that section. So I'm like thinking maybe I just got it all out of my system. <laughs> um, but yeah, it went, it went really well. Huh. And that's, that's, that's interesting that, cause when you went out and you saw everybody go out, you were still top 10, right? What do you think we were eighth or ninth? Maybe, maybe not even. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I, I couldn't really say. So what, what did give you that confidence getting into that mud to like sit back and, and be like, all right, well, they're going to slow down. Like where you live that you don't have access to that. Like you, you haven't really touched anything like that since last year. And, but like, you just kind of mentioned, like I didn't told myself not to worry about it. Just don't have fear going into it. Like yeah. what, how did you like summon that? I think part of it was just knowing like the worst that could happen is I, tumble into the mud and like get back up and keep keep going like, yeah, yeah. like what's the biggest risk you're gonna encounter like it's it there's really no downside to just like attacking it and giving it everything versus the course maybe like a West Virginia where it's so technical that like the risks are a lot higher like if you take a fall and some of the sections in that course like it could be ugly this right. is just like soft, murky, like water um, and mud. So I don't know. I wasn't too afraid of it. I just was hoping for the best. And I feel like there were parts where I could feel like I was working a lot harder than other people. I don't know. It could just be like everyone's thinking that. But I felt like I was so off balance and just like kept like twisting my ankles and stuff versus other people looked so smooth to me. But I was keeping up, but that was all that mattered. <laughs> I think you're right. I, I, I don't think anybody through that mud section was probably like, I was great. I crushed it. It was yeah. easy. You know, <laughs> I, I think it just is just kind of sucks. And I think it's just hard. Um, so I like that way that you kind of went about thinking. It's like, I'm not going to get hurt. Like I'll fall. A bunch of people fell like in the men's race. VJ fell, you know, he flat out fell, got up and won. So like, it's really not that big of a setback for that to even happen. Um, so you handled the mud like pretty well. Um, and then when you got into the bucket, you had a really good bucket carry too. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I dropped my bucket, um, halfway through. <laughs> you did on Strava. You had like the second fastest time. Did you see I it? get into the bucket and like immediately pass two or three people. Like they, I just felt like they weren't moving. And, <laughs> so everybody's uh, slow. <laughs> yeah. It was some of the like newer people who I hadn't seen before. Um, and so immediately past them. And then I want to say it was like maybe with Rose or Alex and then drop my bucket. Oh my <laughs> and God. as soon as that happened, cause I just like went to readjust and I, at least my hands were really wet. Um, and so it was just like, slippery and as soon as I went to adjust it just like flipped and fell um so then I got passed again and then got my back my bucket back up and um and eventually passed everyone who had passed me so oh wow it was like not ideal but like I don't know but so I think the carries tend to be like one of my stronger parts of the race so yeah apparently because that was um on Strava it's uh, 
maybe not everybody uploaded their stuff when I looked at it, but you had the second fastest behind Nicole of the day. I don't know if you saw that by segment. So, so pretty good. All all things considering, I was looking at the photos that came out um, today and uh, sometimes it's fun just kind of go through and see how things kind of play out the race. I was looking and I was uh, looking for, for you and where you were holding and the one girl who was new, (laughs) the two new fast girls are both blonde as well. So like watching the stream, I was like, ah, it, Oh. I'm pretty sure I know which one Annie is, but uh, I don't know. But the one girl was holding it, the 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 lid like at her ear, and the bucket was going down her arm. She was like holding it like oh. on her bicep almost. Gotcha. She must have had a horrible time. <laughs> she was had like the worst carry ever. Yeah. Um, that's that's fun. It's something you said about the experience. Like those two girls apparently are super fast. The one girl Renee is world class. Right. Right. Like, you, you get there, you don't know. You make little mistakes. It, every single step of the way it's it's hard to it's hard to catch up with that um so you're coming out of the bucket you're in fourth so coming out of the bucket i was yeah i think probably fourth and then but it was a pack we were in a pack like me um rose and alex were in the the swim whatever you want to call it the lake part together and I again felt pretty like strong on that section um, and came out of, of the water first ahead of them. Um, but then like the next few obstacles, we, we all became in the pack again, like in, in the uh, Atlas carry, the uh, A-frame, you can, you can see photos of us and we're all like climbing it together. So. Yeah. And you guys all kind of got to the spear together and it yeah. was um i caught some one of the live streams was at that point it was alex we saw alex miss rose is still setting up and then you see you miss Mm -hmm. um so like you had you you had released the spear before rose rose had right and rose ended up a third right like you missed it before before she even threw it yeah yeah. Um, and I had like my spear all picked up. So I, I think I was su- just super efficient with like getting to the spear and throwing it, which is unlike me, but just, just like, I think I just crossed my body too much. It just went a little too left. <laughs> yeah. Just kind, of, what, just kind of dove down to the left. Yeah. Tent. It tends to be my problem. <laughs> How are you feeling about it? I know it's like, you've been practicing a lot when you got there, were you like, I'm going to hit this or when you got there, you're like, I hope I hit this. I mean, I try to go into it with confidence, but that's, it's, that's such, such an issue for me right now. The spear, like until I get it down consistently, I think I'm always going to have this like fear about it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I think I just, I just, once I start racing more, I think it will come better, but yeah. <laughs> uh it's just such a bummer like i felt like it was a good throw but just you know because i mean it's fair to say i mean of course you don't don't do the what if thing but if you hit that like you went through the spartan cross you went through that final gauntlet three times super fast like yeah. if you got there like i don't think anybody's i don't think anybody's passing you um but that's the race, you know, that's, that's yeah, why exactly. that thing's in there is there's nothing you can really do about it. But, um, so yeah, once you, once you do get to race a little bit more like Saturday, Sunday type races and just being out there and 
feeling what it's like. Cause you can throw it in the backyard all day, but like when you're there, it's like a little bit different, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, so- it's so different. Like, I don't even, I can't even explain. Like I hit that exact spear many times in a row on Saturday. I just, I stayed there and just kept throwing them and was like really consistent. And then it just goes to show, like, as soon as you're in race mode, like, everything I feel like all the things that you like have in your head just got the window it's uh yeah we'll have to like maybe we, like there's some sort of incentive like during practice like do 20 burpees and then if you miss the spear right. like you have to like do some sort of chore that you weren't going to do it's <laughs> <laughs> something that like means something not just doing more burpees or running or something yeah. um yeah. But I mean, that's, again, it's the race. And uh, was, what was that penalty loop? Like how long, how long, how much time do you think? It was the exact same as last year. It was, um, it was, I couldn't tell you how long I felt like I was not moving. Like it was, I, I kept trying to like keep my stride, keep my stride, but then I would just like, like my knees would buckle. Cause, cause it's like, I would say like thigh deep, um, water. Oh, wow. I can't see anything. And like, it just like there's branches. It was just like really technical. It was not long by any means, maybe like a third of a mile at most. I don't, it really wasn't too long, but um, I just felt like I wasn't moving. Could you see Alex? I didn't see Alex until I got out of the penalty loop and I saw her pulling the sled. Okay. Um, her and Natalie were pulling the sled together and that actually was a huge help because I knew like okay they're not too far ahead of me like it's not out of the realm for me to catch up to them so that was just like keeping me going the next few obstacles um and there were two other girls I actually don't even know their names who passed me while I was in the penalty loop who I caught right away like going into the um the neck, whatever was after sled. Yeah. The tire. Right. I think. Okay. So there, there, there were, and then, uh, so Alex misses hers. You miss yours. Rose hits hers. And then it was the, the, one of the newer girls. It was like her second race. Is it Ashley? I forget who Ashley, got, who got fourth, who got fourth. Yeah. And I yeah. really had no idea. Um, it's funny. Like at the end of the race, I didn't even realize that she had gotten fourth. Like we were talking and I was like, Oh, did you miss your, did you make your spear? I was like chatting with her. And it wasn't until like I had gotten home or whatever that I looked at the results and I was like, Oh my gosh, like she got she did great. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, like she came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, yeah, I guess it was only her second ever elite race. And yes. the first was last year. And she was like probably right around where you were too. Um, so, so you can't, you actually came out of that penalty loop in what, like ninth or 10th then if you pass two others and you pass the end of passing Natalie. No yeah. So you, yeah, so you lost quite probably. a few spots. Yeah. yeah. From like say fourth all then coming back into ninth. Wow. And you're able to kind of regroup in and go the tire flip. Is that, was that a problem for anybody? It was not a problem like I've had ones that were harder than that but it it definitely like tripped me up a little 
because it was super sandy and like just getting your fingers under took like a little um, for the the women like once you can get the grip it's never an issue but like just getting your fingers under I don't think anyone really like I don't know if anyone didn't get it but it just took like a second longer to figure it out just to adjust yeah yeah it's 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 weird right like it's when it comes to this tire for the men it can change a race like it did um this past weekend for the women never really does seem to be that type of issue no Um, would you want to see it heavier i think it'd be interesting yeah um i think the tire is one of those, like, there's a few obstacles that, like, you never even think about, and that's one of them. Like, right. they kind of just, uh, they're there to just trip you up and, like, get you, I don't know, out of your Break stride. Your rhythm. Stuff, yeah. But, like, it's not, it's not, like, failable, really. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see it be heavier i would like to see it heavier because like the women and these races are strong there's no reason why it shouldn't be heavier i i don't think that was the intent i think they just kind of messed up the um like the scale between the two tires um or maybe they were just given a 200 and a 400 it's like here you go um but yeah like because right it's like the same as like bad terrain essentially just slows everyone down the same amount and then people come in and they go out it's like essentially it's like the atlas carry again um but no no problem on that um and then you kind of got into the final gauntlet of things when did you end up passing um natalie right after that she like i think had just flipped her tire when i got there and then um z wall was there was like no running between tire and z wall um so i want to say we like finished a few like she got out of z wall like a few seconds before me and then i passed her got it and then it was just going through that final gauntlet no problem or yeah yeah the little hills like kind of trip you out like because you've been running flat for like the whole race and then suddenly get this steep hill and the um, barbed wire, I would say, was probably like the most taxing part of the end of the race. But otherwise, yeah, no issues. Like, it was interesting to look back at like footage of the um, like the monkey bars and stuff. I thought it was interesting how a lot of the girls were like taking it super cautiously. And I felt like it was like one of the easier, hmm. especially when you're like, going into it thinking like it could be like a one of those muddy like wet scenarios that like all of us dread I think right um they were super dry like a little bit sandy but I never struggle on that kind of thing so that was nice um and then yeah the the rest of the race was just I don't know. Like I had enough gap, I would say between me and Natalie who was behind me. And then like, I didn't realize that Alex might've been like, I might've been able to catch her, but I don't think I ever like really saw her in Mm. front of me. So it was hard for me to like push to, to try and catch her. Um, It also just happened so fast. Like 
don't know. But. Yeah. If you don't, it's hard to tell. How did you feel when you finished? Like, were you like on, on an effort level, like energy wise? Um, I felt like I finished. I felt like I had like given it my all, I would say. Like, I, I think I, I still, I still say it would have been really cool had like, had I missed, had I made my spear, had Alex made her spear, I think it would have been a totally different race. I think like that final section, we all would have pushed like, there's always like another gear. Like if, if you don't have someone directly next to you, like you're not, you're not going a hundred percent, like you're saving, you know, your breath a little bit. So I think had, had we all gone into the gauntlet together, I think it would have been a different story. It'd be really interesting to see what, what would have changed. But, um, but I think for, for how, for what happened and like the scenario I was in, like, I'm happy with, with how I did. Yeah. That would have been really fun. That would have been a blast if all three of you guys, and then that would have yeah. been really cool. Cause I mean, you know, like in terms of like the fitness, like it would have been cool feedback to see like where it was good, where it wasn't so good. And you have a direct comparison to other people. Um, so what do you think? I mean, aside from the spear, obviously it's like, you want to hit the spear, but what do you, are you looking back on it at all and thinking you would do something different or like, how do you think you would change the race at all? Um, not sure what I would change as much as just like wanting to get a little bit more one like my running can always improve so being just like just feeling more less exhausted like with my running gives me like a better chance to attack the obstacles more efficient efficiently like there were I think a few where, you know, you get to the rig and you kind of just like take a breath before, um, jumping on it. And like, I'd like to get to the point where I'm just like comfortable and don't need to do that. Um, these fast races, like, I don't know, they, I feel like everything just goes so fast that like, you don't even have like a second to think. Right. Um, so just, just getting more comfortable with them and like knowing exactly like, I remember like getting up a frame and being like, Oh, am I going to flip? Am I going to like, I, I just like didn't have it down perfectly. Um, and I know like once I do it a few more times, it will come like a lot quicker to me, but I think everyone was feeling like that. I think no one was like totally on their game. We're all a little bit rusty. So. Right. And it has to be the case. Everyone kind of went in there mentally knowing how to kind of go about these things. But then once you're in it, it's like, yeah. who knows? And on terms of like the running thing, ideally you would still feel the same way. You would just be with Miriam instead, you know, you'd just be in right. front of your, in front of your spot. Yeah. Um, cool. So I think the race went as well as we could really have hoped at that point. Um, so it's a really good jumping off point. What's, what's next. What do you think in next race? Um, so I don't know. There's a Vegas race coming up really soon. Um, I'm thinking about it. I, it's like, it's close enough that like, I feel like I should go, but far enough that it's going to be like a pain in the ass to get to. Right. Um, so 
I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about that, but otherwise I'm really hoping Big Bear happens. I know there's like some rumors going around that it's probably not going to happen, but being here in SoCal, like things are definitely looking up. Like we're on the like trend of everything opening now, which is like the first time we're at this point um, in the entire year. So I feel hopeful that like it could maybe happen. Um, we'll see. Yeah. So there's some options there and ho- hopefully you get some, some more chances to get out there and throw the spear, throw the spear in a race situation. Yeah. That's, that's the main deal. Yeah. Um, this sun is wild right now. It's like covering, it's like, <laughs> like a half invisible. <laughs> um, at least it's sunny here in Philadelphia. It's not always as the rumor has it, but, um, <laughs> So cool. So yeah, what, anything else you've been thinking about the race? Any other final thoughts on it? Um, no, I just like, I'm still like digesting it a little, but I think overall, just like really happy. It's, it was so awesome to just be out there and like have that feeling again of, you know, pushing yourself to your limits and like being uncomfortable and like feeling I still like it's now three days later and my body is still like totally trashed. Like I, Mm. everything hurts. Like my back is bruised. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just like sore in places that I haven't been in the years. Like it's a good feeling. Feels good. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, well, cool. Make sure we'll let everybody know where you're headed next. Uh, link to your socials and everything on this. So Annie, I appreciate you popping on and I'm thrilled. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm very happy. I'm not surprised with where you ended up. Um, but I'm happy that you're able to kind of execute and put yourself in the position that, um, of where you belong, you know, and ideally, you know, you could have been third, right. You know, you could have been on the podium pretty, pretty easily, but you were right there in, in that position, but, um, cool. So awesome job. I'm really stoked for you. Thank you. All right, cool. So we will talk to you soon. Okay. All right, fellas, what's going on? So we are here to talk about Jacksonville. So is there three of the team members from Torque? We got Mark Godet, Nick Riker, and Logan Broadbent here to talk about what all went down the first U.S. National Series race. So I just want, I want to go over everything. So if you guys missed the results, uh, we had three members in the top 11, we'll say, right? Yeah. So Logan finished on the podium spot. Uh, Mark was seventh to cross the line, and Nick finished in 11th uh real quick mark are they is it are you in officially seventh i still don't know i mean they spartan told me i was i'm in seventh but the result you are i think you are it's it's strange everything they put on social media shows seventh but like the athletes page still shows me in ninth with like a 31 second penalty which is just strange yeah i would I wouldn't worry about the uh, Athlinks page. I think I think what they posted is probably official. Yeah. Until they run back through to try to figure out who's getting paid and they give you a 200 instead of 400 or whatever. Then does it go off Athlinks? Um, but it's worth noting. But there was no penalty, we don't think, anyway. Because a 31-second penalty wouldn't even really be a thing, right? That's not – Yeah, that's yeah. – what we said and, and for a while there on on athletes we followed up with with spartan and they because like woodsy fell out of the top 10 and i think uh vj had like a three minute penalty for a while like putting him in like sixth place 
And they just said, hey, just bear with us. It's some new software. We got some glitches. We'll get it fixed. And so I checked back the next morning. Everything appeared to be fixed except for my time. So, uh, <laughs> so we'll see. see how it plays out. We're saying three of the top 11, which for the first race of the season we, is some, some really good, some uh, left to be desired. But we'll talk all about what you guys kind of had expected and what you kind of learned from it. But let's just like go right into the race and start talking about just kind of like that first portion of it, which when we looked at it on the map and then what it looked like from my view, just watching it on TV was like a lot of flat. And then we got into a lot of mud. So Mark, you were right in the mix, like right from the jump, man. So tell us a little bit about, you know, like that first, like 600, 800 meters. I mean, it was fast. Like we expected everyone, everyone took off at, a pretty absurd pace and there was really nothing to slow us down. So we just had a short wall and, and just open terrain. It kind of narrowed a little bit in the woods and uh, then everybody got started to fall off. And I knew with about probably three, 400 meters to go before we hit the water. Like I needed to, to get out in front because my strength is going to be on the, on the grass on the trail and probably not slogging in the water. So I went out and took the lead and that evaporated pretty quickly. Once we hit the, uh, hit the marshy, uh, like calf deep water. Yeah, that was, but that was also kind of the plan, right? Like when we talked about it and you, we thought even when we were doing like the map debrief looking at it, like, okay, this might be a mile of flat running. Like, and so we looked at it, it like, Mark, you got to take this out like you are probably the most fit out of anyone in this race on flat terrain and you might get a mile stretch of complete flat there. So is that kind of what you were thinking? Cause how, how soon in, into it was it when you took the lead, like 400, 600 meters or so? Yeah. 400, 600 meters. I took the lead. Um, and then we hit the mop. I mean, we hit my watch. I hit the mile mark at about 540. Uh, I think 546 or 547 pace. And that had a little bit of, of that marsh water in it. So we're, we're moving pretty good. Yeah. Um, Nick, when you, so Nick and Logan, you guys both were right in that chase pack as well. Nick, how did that, how that first like 800 meters, like when you hit that slop feel for you? Um, okay. I definitely was getting more fatigued than I, thought I was going to get. Um, I'm pretty good at running through muddy terrain. Uh, my thighs were burning a little bit uh, more than I would like it to be, but I didn't like, I was kind of like Mark fell back a little bit. Logan came up on my shoulder. Um, and then like a Mark Battress is right there. So like, I felt like I was in a great position still running through all the, all the muddy terrain. Um, I just felt a little more fatigued than I would have liked to at that point. Definitely. And that was, that was still, and you were probably what in sixth, seventh, eighth ish. Yeah. So my first mile on Strava segment, I was six overall Josiah and Mark's not on Mark Batris. So whatever you want to say, but I was right there um, at a five forty two, and Mark at the first mile shows it at five thirty eight. So, I mean, I was right there with the, with the lead pack. Um, now, just a little bit more off than I would want to do. And that was kind of your plan as well, right? Like you stick there and at a, at some point in the race, try to make some sort of decisive move in particular, the bucket, which we will get to. Did you feel like you put yourself in the position that you needed to be in that first? 
I, I mean, I just fell back a little bit too much. I, I, my, my thighs were burning and I just felt like I had to slow down a little bit to survive um, just the final parts of the race. I, I felt like I was going out a little too hot and, you know, I'm, no, I'm a little known for going out a little too hot, but I thought I could hold it a little more. Yes. On Sunday. Um, but I still felt like when I got to the bucket, I was in a, a good position at least to pass a couple people that I needed to. Right. So you were kind of in there and I watching the, the thing that they put up on Instagram, there was a point, I think low when Logan was, was right with you, mm-hmm. it was him and maybe it was Batris and it looked like, yeah, Batris. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and they went past you and it did look like you were working at that point, Nick, yeah. like right at that moment. I was like, ah, he looks like there's fatigue built up. Yeah. And I've never ran gracefully, so who knows, but um, <laughs> that's at you at your freshest, time, but, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was right before we hit the, the far West, like kind of the furthest West point in the, uh, in the course where there was a lot of mud and we were about to get into some deep slop uh, where eventually, you know, I was coming around that turn with Batris. Batris made the turn first. I had just, just uh, come by your shoulder there, Nick, and we took that hard right. Um, and then once we hit the mud, I started to pull away from Batris and try to catch up to, to Mark so that Mark and I could run together through the mud. And that's, that's where we kind of took off and worked together a little bit. And how are you feeling at this point, Logan? Like that was, again, the plan is just like, put your nose in it. Yeah. Empty the tank when, when it comes time to empty the tank. So in that first mile or so, how are you feeling? Man, you know, it felt, uh, it felt fast. Like it always does. And that's exactly what we expected. Um, but being right there in like the top, you know, top seven or, or seven or eight or whatever it was, um, you know, I still, I felt good. I felt like my cadence was up, um, even going through the slop and through the mud, I wasn't losing much ground, um, and, uh, was able to choose good lines. And sometimes running through the mud, is just as important to choose the right side, uh, as it is to, uh, to be efficient, you know, kind of powering through it. So, um, I felt like I, I, I picked good lines and, and had Mark to kind of follow through, uh, some of those tough spots. Right. And, uh, Mark, you and I talked about it a little bit, like almost trying to figure out what, how that mud is going to change and what it's going to, and how it's going to be each time you run through it and how it's going to change each time. So, we, so when you were running through it, are you just guessing or like Lo- Logan, was racing smart, right? He was kind of seeing what was happening to you, Mark, in front of him. And then was like, if it looked good, he would go that way. If it looked bad, he would go a different way, which is smart racing, especially in that type of, of terrain. Um, so how do like Mark and Nick, like, were you just guessing what was a good line there? Cause the visibility on the ground is pretty low, right? Are you just, I would say I was more guessing. It was, a little tougher for me at the start because we were all in a pack and I was a little behind the pack and you're like, it's not like normal running. You're literally having to look down at the ground the whole time instead of looking ahead. Um, so I feel like at any moment I was just following the person in front of me and I could have just, if they fell in a hole, I probably would have fell in a hole. I didn't really put too much thought in where I was going, but at the same time, I thought it was all like from left to right. The whole course was, I felt like I had a feeling it was pretty much all the same depth of like the mud like yeah. nothing was too much low nothing was deeper than other parts uh, which is probably isn't true but that's how I, like i ran sometimes right in the middle when some people were running on the side so i just want kind of want to get away from them um and i feel like we were on the same kind of deepness as mud 
and there was no real consensus, like best way to do it. Like everybody kind of picked a different side almost. Right. And you just yeah. pick that side and like, you just kind of had to deal with whatever you had. Um, so Mark, when you were running through it, were I know that that felt hard. Were you thinking it was hard at the time or was it like, were you getting frustrated running through that? Or was it just like actually fatiguing trying to get through that mud? There was a little bit of frustration. So my, my plan was to get out in front, be the first into the, into the water. Um, and I was hoping I could dictate the pace from that point because I was hoping they would get behind me and just stay at what was comfortable for me. Right. Um, and that was for like the first 10 meters. And then they just like all, you know, went to the, and it was pretty narrow there. They all went like left and came around me. So then I jumped in behind BJ and where I really kind of lost the contact is what Logan was talking about is where we kind of got to that westernmost point. And we kind of split off into two camps. BJ went to the right. It was a very like wide trail there. And um, Kempson, Woodsy, and Josiah all went to the left. And I, I knew that BJ went out there the day before for the super and ran the whole course. And I was like, oh, BJ probably knows something here. And I think we chose the wrong side in that case. Because I, uh. I looked over and we definitely were like deeper. And BJ would like fall. <laughs> I would like try to avoid that. But we both lost um, him less so than I. Um, we lost some time when we got back onto a little more solid ground there. BJ was able to close the gap pretty quickly, but I had kind of lost contact at that point. Yeah, that and like it can be hard to kind of dig yourself out of that when when something like that happens and like this mistake that just lingers there. It's like, oh shit, that was not that was not the move. Um, Logan, how'd you handle that back that back marshy? huge trail part or is it just kind of plugging along and you pick yeah, the left yeah. you pick the lefts with everybody else no i picked uh i picked the opposite side of those guys <laughs> and uh yeah. and probably actually made up a little bit of ground there uh i knew it was a little bit longer to go that way on the on the outside uh to the far left but i also knew it would be less deep and not being a power runner right um it was important for me to stay out of the deep stuff uh, so I stayed to the left, probably made up a little ground, you know, that's where I kind of got back in contact uh, with Mark not too far after that point. And, um, and then I think a big benefit is the fact that I've been running on ice and snow and slop, you know, for months now, um, up here doing a lot of trail stuff, um, you know, in Cleveland and, uh, uh, you know, I just felt comfortable. I felt comfortable even in the mud, um, in the water. Uh, so I, I think that helped. Were you thinking about that? Were you like, oh, it's just like another day in Cleveland. It's just, just like how I, no. how I know it. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't thinking about it at the time, but I also wasn't out of my element. I felt completely comfortable running through it. Um, and uh, and anytime, you know, we tripped or slipped, we were falling forward, right? And like you're bouncing right back up and, and you keep going. I think I only actually went down once um, and it didn't cost me much time. So, uh, you know, it was it was good. And then having the benefit of, of Mark being there, I didn't really plan it that way, but being able to see where he would drop a little deep into the mud, um, I could step over those spots and maybe save a little bit of energy there. So Mark, thank you, by the way, I, <laughs> I didn't get to thank you after the race, but, um, I didn't plan to do that, but, uh, but that was, that was really helpful. Mark's just out there blocking, just laying people yeah, he's just out. out there blocking. Exactly. Pulling me, pulling me through the slop. That's some good camaraderie from the teammates. Right. Um, so coming out of that, then it went straight to the bucket, right? And there was a little bit of like flat 
ish? Was it not as messy getting to bucket? Was that relatively groomed there? The bucket carry was groomed. There was no mud, I thought, around that little pond that we ran on. It was pretty muddy leading up to the bucket carry. Yeah. But the actual carry itself was fine. It was like cross-country running. Yeah, and we had to drop underneath a wired fence um, in the mm. mud and then run along the mud for a little while. And I bashed my arm on like some sort of like post that was out there. I wasn't paying too close of attention right before we picked up the bucket and then carried it. Didn't even hurt. Just keep, kept it running right through. <laughs> the um, And so, Nick, this was your spot, right? We talked like, all right. If I'm in contact with a bucket, I'm going to hammer this bucket and then try to be in as close to first place as possible. And at that point, you were you were back a little bit. I was and- back. Yeah, I mean, Logan and Mark probably had a good 10-second lead on me. So it would have took a pretty heroic effort to at least catch up to them on the buckets. Um, but Mark Batras and Kirk, they just got ahead of me right before the bucket, and I was able to pass them on the carry. So I at least made a move to – get ahead of some people and like stay ahead of them till pretty much the tire flip fastest second fastest Strava segment. That's right. Chris Bob Brown out there sandbagging things. I've done that at the the Hills in um, like the sandbag carry at Palmerton. I've like the fastest segment ever because I ran up the Hill. Yeah. I messaged Um, messaged him. I said, please take that down. Um, Actually (laughs) VJ had the fastest bucket. He finally uploaded it, but he got me by three seconds. So since we're talking about the bucket, how did you guys carry that? that? Now that we can hold it on our shoulders, different ways to carry the thing. How are you guys carrying it? Um, I went, go ahead, I went one shoulder. I, would, I wouldn't recommend it. If you get it on the back of your neck, I think with two hands, seems to be the fastest uh, from what I saw. I went like one shoulder and then like messed around switching it to the other shoulder, and I, I just wasn't very efficient at all. Um, and I think I, on the video, I saw most of the guys who were moving better than I would, than I was moving. They all had on the back of their neck. Hmm. Interesting. Nick, what were you doing? I did my right shoulder the whole time, um, with the lid of the bucket facing forward, facing forward. Yeah. Um, that's how I, that's how I practice it. Um, I don't carry it on. If I carry it on my left, somehow my right side collapse and puts pressure on my rib, even though my rib pops out on the right side. So I don't really know. I just feel the pressure when I put it on my left side. So I only carry it in practice carrying it on my right side. So I just, I put it on there and I hold on to the lid and that has worked for me. I don't like putting it on my neck. See, this is why everybody's so different. I don't like putting it on my neck. I feel like it just, I, I need one arm to run. I feel like. Mm. Yeah, yes. I get that. Logan, how you doing it? Yeah, same, same, same deal for me. You know, I follow the uh, Nick Riker methodology of just holding it on my right shoulder the entire time, not switching um, and keeping the lid in the front, just kind of balancing it there and uh, gliding. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're not, you're not going big, you know, huge strides, but you know, not a lot of oscillation up and down, just trying to stay smooth and clean, um, you know, going through that spot. I've tried it the one time last year at Jacksonville, I tried it with the, the, lid behind me so having the bottom of the bucket at my like my face and it felt fast but i was so worried that the like jostling of the rocks was gonna bust open the the lid that it kind of worried me that it was gonna like open up on me um but yeah i think there is definitely different ways to to make that work but sounds like everybody's carries about the same especially when the terrain's not like a big deal yeah it's just a matter of i don't know 
I don't even know how you could really make a mistake. I think Nicole was carrying it across her neck too. I think that's how Josiah was doing it also. Um, but whatever. A bunch of, so coming out of the bucket then, was there much movement or was did everyone just kind of maintain from what you guys saw? I would say maintain because we had the Atlas carry there. Um, nobody's going to make up ground on the Atlas carry. It was pretty easy to get up. And then we went straight into a little water crossing. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I got in the water, I could see Josiah still in the water. So we were, I mean, from first through, I was like in a pack of people. So like first through 12, how many people were, we were all in that water at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't pass anybody. Nobody passed me in the water. I don't know where Mark and Logan were ahead of me. I don't know if they passed each other back and forth, but I thought it was pretty cool once I got in there. Like we were all still like, like right there in the water together. Yeah, it seemed really slow. Logan, was there any, was like, what was your mindset going into that? Was it just conserve energy and maintain your spot? Or was it like try to push and move through it? Yeah, yeah. Cause at that point, um, Mark and I kind of traded places. So Mark was, uh, I think maybe it was right after, actually, right, right at the end of the bucket, I threw it down. And, um, and so, uh, you know, so he was kind of following me through the water. Um, and what I was hoping is that the water would be early enough that we could just draft behind a big group of guys the way we did last year and right. like save a bunch of energy, then just start raising at the end. Um, but it wasn't so close that we could, we could, you know, catch a current of anybody else. So, um, you know, so we jumped in the water. I saw the guys, you know, just up ahead, you know, still in the water. Um, the idea through the water wasn't to make up a ton of time. It was just to get through it efficiently. Um, and then again, start racing, start pushing, you know, harder, uh, you know, once we bounced out of the water, because I think in this short of a sprint with this many obstacles, gaining speed coming off of the obstacles, out of the obstacles are going to be those valuable seconds where you can make up some, some ground. And then we started to kind of get into some obstacles, right? Like a frame and then into speed, like there mm-hmm. may have been something else, but there was a frame and then into spear. A-frame, so voice, vertical cargo spear. Oh, yeah. the hoist was there. Okay, so there was a couple yeah. of. So yeah. was that was there any room there to make up ground or was it just like get to the spear with everybody? Cuz they were kind of all back to back to back. Was there any jostling or and okay, so like Mark and Logan, you guys are probably in um 5th and 6th or 6th and 7th? They were in 6th and 7th? Yeah, cuz it was Josiah 5th well, and 6th. They were in 5th and 6th. They were 5th and 6th. Yep. So in fifth and sixth at this point, and Nick, you're, you're probably right around where you were, 10th, 11th. Uh, I was about seven. I was right behind them. You were right there. You were right I mean, there too. I mean, I was the next guy behind them. So how, so just like, this is about, you know, you're coming back into the festival. So this is maybe a mile. This might be halfway at this point, you think? More than halfway. More than half? A little over. Yeah. A little over. What's How's everybody feeling at this point? Like, so Mark, where, physically, how are you doing? So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good when, when Logan and I teamed up, I kind of, um, and I'd lost contact with the lead group, my kind of my mindset, was, um, you know, like the tires coming, like, I want to, I want to go into the tire. I knew that decided the race before. And so I just, if I can maintain my position here, I'm going to be in good shape, good shape heading into the tire if others are, are struggling. So I didn't want to go into the, the tire redlining. So I was like pretty content with where I was at. Okay. Cause it wasn't uh, far off and like, you know, going into the, 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 the spear, even like that could also have been like, there's no real way to make a move and you're feeling good physically. Um, 
Logan, where are you, where are you at? How are you, where's your, what are you checking in? Like, yeah, actually I felt, I felt really good, really good coming out of the water. Uh, I felt like the race was just kind of, was just getting started. Right. And that uh, there was nothing to gain or lose uh, really before you get to the spear. Uh, there's only something to lose, right. When you get right. to the spear, uh, if you miss it, right. And it's going to cost you 40 seconds or whatever it takes to get, to get through that penalty loop. So, um, you know, so I went into it knowing, Hey, I'm going to lose maybe a couple seconds on the Hercoist. You know, I weigh considerably less and it usually takes me a, a couple seconds more. Um, but not to, not to get worked up about it. Um, get over the A-frame really efficiently, get over the vertical cargo efficiently, nail the spear. And then, uh, and then, since I had done on Friday, I had done the Supercross event. Um, you know, I felt really comfortable on the back half. Um, Mark and I had both done that event, so we knew what hills were coming. You know, how to efficiently get through the barbed wire crawl and some other things that we had done uh, done before. And and so I felt really good about it. Uh, the only thing I was concerned about was really the tire flip. I knew that that was going to be a challenge, uh, a big challenge for me. In a short race like this, when you're rolling up to something like a, like a spear, right, right in the middle, right in the thick of things, like you could potentially, if everybody misses a spear, you could be in first. If you miss a spear, you could be in 15th. What's the approach when you, when you're pulling up to that, like Mark, when you're going through spirit though, is it the same, if it's a beast, a super or a sprint, or is there feeling more urgency in a race like this, in a race that's big and it has a little bit more pressure and like, you're like right in the thick of things. Like, what were you, what were you thinking about through the spear? there's definitely definitely more urgency and especially when you, you you're seeing everyone as you're coming in you know they're lining it up and, and everyone's sticking it everyone around there was like you know logan stuck it right next to me and um and then after i hit it i could hear you know nick coming in there and you know magita and kirk and go they're all sticking it you know you feel like you don't see them the entire race but you, they're right there you know only five um, or a few seconds off, um, the entire race. So you're, you're hearing all that happen. So you definitely, uh, feel the urgency to, to get out of your hand a little bit faster, but like no one here. That's crazy. That's insane. Logan, you feel the same way or, or how you, when you come to a spear in this type of scenario? Yeah, no, I mean, a, a spear is something that you got to be, you know, smooth as fast, um, but you don't want to rush it. <laughs> right. You want to, you want to take that one second for a breath, you know, and, and line it up. Um, cause it's, it's even for a sprint, right. It's not worth the half second you're going to save, uh, to just throw it sooner. Um, so I come into it, you know, just line it up, take the breath, hit it and go and don't, and don't overthink it. Right. I think a lot of people can be like, Oh, you know, uh, usually I pull left. So I'm going to throw a little more right. Or, um, you know, Oh, there's a crosswind or what, whatever it may be. Right. You can get in your head. Everybody's thrown a spear. You've done it a million times. You know how to do it. Just do it, nail it. Don't overthink it and keep going. Pick it up and roll. And do we lose yeah. Riker? Is I think he's gone. I, think, I, I just saw Whatever. He'll pop um, <laughs> he he hit he also hit this spear. We'll skip over plate drag because that's kind of the same thing, right? Like you, I don't even think you lose even as much time on a hercoist with a plate drag. I think every I think it just sucks for everybody. <laughs> it's just like annoying, <laughs> just dragging the thing back. Um, and then we're rolling up to the tire. So this was the this was the race, right? And this is what everyone has been talking about, and it was like an an absolute problem. And you guys were still in fifth and sixth at this point, leading into the tire. Yep. Um, and Logan, you came into it fifth and Mark, you were sixth. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so you're rolling up and, and when you guys get there, is VJ still playing with it or is he gone? 
I think VJ had done one flip and he was yeah. working, working the second one when we got there. And but so Kempson like, had done one too at that point. I think, I think he got his first one over before VJ yeah, did. So like, it was really the, the tire was like really well hidden behind the, you know, the mounds. So like, we were just surprised. We're like, Whoa, like we come around the corner, you know, we, we thought we were, what were you like 20 seconds off, maybe 25 seconds off them at that point. Yeah. Yeah. But then when we came into it, all of a sudden, like they're right there and they're all, they're all still there. So it was like that split second decision of like, what are you going to do? Right. And at this point, like the visual must be VJ playing with it. Um, Kempson playing with it, Josiah struggling and then Woods is doing, Woods burpees. Is doing burpees. Right. So <laughs> then this is where the two of you kind of, went different ways where um and this is like the hard thing to really determine like what to do in this scenario mark when you saw woods doing burpees what it did you see him doing burpees and were you like oh oh shit this might be a, something that's hard or were you like i'm flipping this tire i saw i saw him doing burpees but then i also saw vj flip it the second time and i was immediately like well i'm gonna i'm gonna get this and i should have gone further down the pit and probably got to the one DJ had just used. Yeah. Um, but I found one that actually I could get my hands under like really easily, um, right off. And I, so I felt, I felt comfortable. Um, and I saw Logan, you know, go over there and just start like knocking them out. And so I went, went to the tire and I, I got it up on my foot and I got it up to about almost knee height um, and I just lost like the, the grip, the handle on it. Like it wasn't the weight of it. It was the, like just trying to get it up above the knee, my hands like just kept slipping off from it. And I had like terrible footing in the, in the mud, but I got that twice with the same tire. And then I, I kept looking down there and I'm just seeing more people join the burpee pit and I'm like, ah, like, uh. And so I went to one more tire. I tried one more time and uh, I tried like the pinch grip to get it up on my toe and it slipped out again. Then I joined, I joined Logan right next to him in, in the burpee pit, but I'm pretty sure he was finished and out of there when I was on like burpee nine or 10 around there. So he had gained like 20 burpees on me with, with me trying um, like really three, legit attempts which is like a minute so he came in maybe two seconds ahead of you and left 58 seconds ahead of you right just from so you so you must have spent a minute on the the tire then does that sound right i think that's pretty probably pretty accurate probably close yeah 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 and logan you came up and you said even before like that was one of the first things when this course came out i was like what do you think you're like not thrilled about this tire. <laughs> like, um, it was like, yeah, I mean, and I was optimistic. I was like, Florida is probably going to be on sands. Like, right. it's like the grass there is is weird. But apparently, the, like the ground being really hard, like, was a problem. It was like kind of like it was like asphalt. And, like, obviously, it's humid as Florida. Um, so when you decided, like that moment when you decided to to run to burpees, like you gave it a shot. It wasn't like you touched a thing and bounced. It's like game shots. Like, all right, this might not happen. So when you went to go do burpees, were you like, my race is fucked? Or were you like, my race is going to get way better now? 
Like, yeah, what did you, yeah. What did you so, um, yeah, I mean, the thing about the Florida sand is that, like, these tires were sitting there, you know, for, you know, all night and they had sunk in just a little bit. So you really couldn't get your fingers underneath, um, even trying to dig it out. And it was so, there was so much moisture, right, just from condensation. Um, so, you know, so I knew as soon as I tried two different techniques to get the tire up, um, I knew that it was very unlikely that it would happen and that I would only be wasting time to sit there and try to flip it. Even if I flipped it once, there was no guarantee I was flipping it back. So I saw Woodsy doing burpees and I said, you know what, I'm fast at burpees. I can do them right. I can do them quick. I'm not very tall, which helps me a little bit in burpees. And uh, so I went and started busting them out really fast and, uh, and didn't feel like, um, you know, I didn't feel like it was going to hurt me that much. Uh, even if I lost, you know, 30 seconds, I'm still in the top 10 or so. Um, but, uh, but luckily, you know, other people had issues you know, with the tire too. And so that put me, that put me right in contention and actually leaving the burpee pit. I had no idea that I was in third. I thought that I was still in, you know, fifth place or something. Because I mean, when you were in there doing those burpees, no one else flipped the tire, nobody. And there was probably, right. and like, so more and more people probably started joining you in the pit. Were you like, were you like 15 burpees in like, oh, sweet, this is great. <laughs> or were you just like, yeah, just yeah. no, I wasn't thinking about it. And I, I wasn't really even paying attention to how many other people were joining me in the pit. I was just like, I got to get these done efficiently, like keep going faster, faster. And, um, cause you know, if it's dry, I get the tire and I don't have an issue with the tire. Um, but, uh, you know, I was, I was still really, anytime you're caught in a race doing burpees, it's never a positive thought in your mind. Right. Right. Um, you always think it's a disadvantage, but the fact that I moved to burpees so quickly and didn't waste time on the tires, what gave me, you know, is what put me in contention. That's smart. It's smart racing. It really is just like being definitive making that decision. And that's where the tire is tough. And Riker, you kind of had a similar experience to Mark. Mark, we, we kind of deduced spent maybe a minute fiddling with it how long do you think you were on it uh probably from anywhere from like 80 to 90 seconds yeah yeah I, uh, I i mean i rolled up in there probably seventh or eighth place um saw everybody doing burpees and i just said this is my moment um, <laughs> that i've always yeah. that, you know like i i fell back i was getting a little fatigued at that point but i've always been confident with the tire i'm confident with the pitch grip i'm confident I can lift it up and I just said this is my moment like to just you know prove a lot of people wrong because I didn't go down there to get eighth place I went down there to get top five or or a shot at a podium so I yeah. was like this is my moment that I've been training for and just I was I was stubborn on that time I never thought about just you know um going straight to burpees and looking back I could have done that and who knows what place I would have finished in but um I'm still happy to give it everything I had trying to lift that tire because it was anything after fifth place, um, you know, I, I didn't really want. So 11, so I ended up coming 11th place, but um, that's, that's obstacle course racing. You have business decisions you have to make within mil, within seconds. Like, am I going to do this or am I going to go straight to burpees? Like, um, so yeah, it, it, was, it was, I mean, that's the same story for probably a lot of the people in the top 15 um, is my same story probably. And you need to kind of have that experience, right? Like at, at that, it sounds like in that moment you, you seized it and were like, okay, I can do this. 
I know I can flip this thing over where maybe next time you come in and be like, what's going to be the right tactic for this race, right? Like you're not like guaranteed to get any obstacle. And, yeah. and now that's kind of that, that now opens up different ways to approach a race for you. Right. It's not like I have to do this because sitting there for that long, it was probably, you probably thought that for what a whole minute, like I'm flipping this over, I'm flipping this over. Yeah. And I tried almost every time I was like, I got to try all these tires before I just go to burpees. Cause what if I find one that has a little dip in it or something? So I tried like seven or eight tires. I felt like just going down the row. Um, right. and like, I did not want to do burpees. Like I had leading up to the race, I've had some GI problems that really affected my fatigue levels. And I knew 30 burpees would just crush me. Um, even though we had like a half a mile left the race, I just did not want to do them. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you had to go for it. Right. And I think you, I think not going for, I think, yeah, if you didn't go for it, you'd feel much worse. Um, in this specific race, right. And now in other races down the road to not go for it, you, you would know like the consequences or, or how big of a shift could actually happen. Um, it was something like that, you know, whatever obstacle it is, that comes up. So yeah. I'm glad you went for it. I think you yeah, should. I am too. I am too. Like I talked to a lot of people. I talked to my brother and my dad after the race. I was like, like I said, I think I didn't want to go down there and be satisfied with an eighth place finish. So, or so, so I, I mean, the reward was greater than anything else. If I could have flipped it, it was right. Yeah, it totally was. And I mean, that's uh, and it, and what Magida came in there tenth and finished like thirty fifth or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's for the same reason. Yeah. Like he's he stood there even longer. And here's and 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 part of it is like you know, um, so Nick had a chance to flip that tire even if it's wet, right? Like he's stronger, bigger, like. I went in knowing that, hey, if this tire is significantly wet, I have a much smaller percentage chance of flipping this tire and, and doing it in the amount of time that, that Nick would do it. So it was an easier decision for me to go do to go bust out my burpees than it was for Nick, who is used to flipping tire in any condition. Right. It actually, the tire played to the advantage of the smaller athlete this time. Yeah, you know? this time. Right. It really did. Um, and it actually was a disadvantage for Kempson who was in, who came there in second, couldn't see anything, didn't know how it was going to play out for the entire elite field. And he, so he sat there and, and played with it as well. So it's just a strange dynamic. I wouldn't, ex- I, I didn't expect the tire to do this to this race. Did you I guys, for, either. did you foresee it at all? I didn't either. I didn't think it was going to be that wet because usually I could just pinch grip it and it's no problem. And it was like, Right. People told me, like people have told me in the past, they haven't been able to pinch it because it was wet. And like at the same race I've done, I was like, well, I was able to do it, but that was, that was something else. My my God, <laughs> it was almost slimy. It was like yeah. it wasn't even. It was more than wet for some reason. It was like, yeah, it was worse. Florida is just a weird place, man. Just through and through, top to bottom, everything <laughs> about Florida is just weird. Yeah. Um, so like, all right, so the tire, yeah, we said everything. That's been like the story. The remainder of the race. You know, like Logan, when did you know you were in third? Uh, when I got to the finish line and didn't see anybody else there except VJ. No way. I had no idea. No idea. I mean, honestly, I still thought I was in fifth place, probably. You know, I was hoping I was in the top five. Um, but yeah, didn't didn't know I was in third till I hit the finish and uh I was pretty yeah, it was a pleasant surprise. But I also knew that nobody was gonna pass me once I left the burpee pit. You know, 
if anything, you know, I was only going to catch, you know, whoever was ahead of me. Um, yeah, I think everybody probably felt confident leaving that burpee pit that they weren't going to lose a spot um, because there wasn't a lot of space to be made up, except maybe under the barbed wire crawl or something, if you can do that more efficiently. Because you were hammering. The way it looked, it looked like you were really going. Like, it looked like you were focused on, like, okay, here I am. I got to keep pushing forward. There was no looking around. There was no let up. It was like, I'm getting over this finish line. Yeah, I felt great. I felt like the burpees were a nice rest for me. Look at you. Get back to running. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and that was, so one of the main things we talked is like, all right, let's, let's see about finishing this race and being exhaustedly dead for you. Cause that was something like, and Mark shared yeah. the same thing. I kind of shared the same thing last year in this race, finishing and being like, cool. But how did you feel? Were you, were you closer to that? I might've been a little bit closer to that, but I still, I still wasn't empty. I still wasn't empty. And that's, that's weird to say, you know, knowing you know, where I ended up. Um, but I feel, I still felt strong. I still felt like I had, I had something left, but I did feel like I was pushing the entire time. Right. Like I yeah. was going all out. I was trying to, you know, really open up. Um, so, uh, you know, so maybe it speaks to the track work I've been doing and some other stuff, but, um, but I was really glad to know I could push as hard as I was and, and not blow up because you and I discussed, Hey, that's my, that's my goal is either go all out until you're dead and, uh, and hope you make it to the finish line or just blow up trying. And, um, you know, and I felt like it was, it was close to that, but I still had a little bit left. Yeah. Of course, like that's just hard. Like it's, there's so many ways to slow down. Like you you're stopping the entire time. It's hard to really the get Z wall is such a break, right? The Z wall, you catch your breath on the Z wall. Um, you know, monkey bars, you're catching your breath. Like there are these different spots where you can get a short break. And if you can re recover really quickly during those, during those obstacles, you can get your, you can get your leg speed back up really fast. Yeah. Um, Mark, for you finishing up in, in seventh, when you came out of the burpee pit, how are you feeling? I was gassed. So I came into the tire feeling, feeling great, <laughs> gassed myself trying to flip the tire for 60 seconds. Um, and then gassed myself on the doing 30 burpees as fast as I can. And by the time I got to the Z wall, like it was like Z wall immediately after the burpees. I felt like I was on there for like an eternity. Um, just making sure I wasn't going to fall off. And then when I got off, like Logan uh, mentioned, I had no idea what place I was in. <laughs> Uh, I just kind of figured I'd lost a lot. Um, but when I came off, I saw Josiah was like right there, like just ahead of me, probably like 25 meters ahead of me. And then as I got to one of like the, uh, one of the hairpin turns, I could see that Kempson was behind me. And I was like, I'm trying to do like, uh, I wonder how many people actually flipped the tire. And it was really, it was only Gawiski. It was the only one who, had flipped it behind me and gotten in front of me when I was doing burpees. Right. Uh, which I didn't, I didn't really realize until I finished. Um, but so I had, I had Josiah ahead of me and he was, I could see he was struggling too, but I just like, I could not, I like closed a little bit, but not enough. And, uh, and then Kempson just kind of closed a little bit on the, um, on the bear crawl up the, uh, up the hill. And then he ended up, uh, passing me on the monkey bars. And then he chased down Josiah right up at the slip wall, like right at the end. 
And I was kind of in, in no man's land and just kind of came in on my own right behind them. Did you see Josiah he, coming down the steps to the slip wall? He like missed. Yeah. Right. I, don't know. I, saw, I didn't yeah. out of the wall at that time, but that, yeah, that could have been really bad, but that was kind of um, disappointing for me. Uh, Cause I was like, man, I really had fifth place. Like, you know, Kempson was able to salvage his, his race and finish fifth. And uh, if I just had more fitness, I guess I, I could have done the same. How were you feeling mentally at that point? Were you feeling engaged or, or were you just dead? I was, I was pretty, I was pretty smoked. Um, yeah. I, I just, uh, I just, I did as I, I OCR type of fitness and uh i think a lot of times we think we're recreating like an ocr scenario but a lot of times if you're not doing that exact um i don't know that stimulus then you're really not you're not really training that and i think the um i think the spartan cross and and the race itself will will help me going forward yeah totally it's good to uh, to 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 get that feedback. It's like, okay, what, why was I so tired? <laughs> right. Like, cause it said going into that race, if it was a 3.4 mile race or whatever, it ended up being like start to finish straight line mark, you're going to win, you know? And like what in between that with the half mile left with like, you know, 2.8 miles made you so spent. And then, I mean, that's why we race, right. It's like, then we got to figure that out and, and decide how to simulate that best we can or where to spend that time. So from that perspective, it's, it's a win, but definitely, definitely a bit of a bummer, you know? So, and Nick, how'd you, how was the back, how was the back end of yours? Um, I mean, I was exhausted. I, I, I'm so shocked by Kenson. He left probably two burpees ahead of me. And then like, I saw the final result and he finished in fifth place. So he must've just hammered it. Like we were burping like right by each other. He took forever on those. And then, um, I guess I left the burpee pit in 10th and Leon passed me right before the barbed wire crawl. I mean, I was just gas. I was, I gave it everything I had up to that point. And then the burpee just kind of broke me and I didn't have anything. I mean, my arms were pumped. The oxygen was running, like oxygen was running through all over my body. I was, you know, I was just, I was getting tired. I was, you know, I was, I was a little out of it. My heart was out of it since I had to do those burpees and Leon passed me. And, um, I, mean, I still cross the finish line just being absolutely like, dang, I haven't done a Spartan race in a year. Like that was a lot of hard work. Um, so I, I, I'm still, like, I got grateful for my fitness. Like I still think it showed, I still believe I am fit. Um, and I still believe I gave it everything I had out there, which again, I've always said, that's my biggest, what I'm most prideful of. Like, can I hammer it until my body can't go anymore? You're, you're, you are who I aspire to be from that front. You know, I just want to be, be as dead as you one day on the course. Yeah. That would be great if I could be that. Um, so it's a couple more times around. I was like, I just want to hear some final thoughts on, on how you guys felt. Basically, were you happy with the race? Um, maybe some things you might do different and what's next. Um, so Logan, you go ahead. Were you yeah. happy? Or yeah. Cramp? <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, it'd be, pretty dumb of me to say I wasn't happy, you know, about this race and, and where I ended up. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think I was less surprised than other people to see me on the podium because I know what I've been doing. And, you know, I, I train a little bit more quietly than, than, than a lot of people. And, um, you know, so I, 
you know, um, my goal coming into it, right. We talked about, I said, Hey, absolutely. Top 10, preferably top five. And I thought it was, you know, it was probably a bit of a pipe dream to be podium, just given, um, given the fact that this is a short flat race and I am a longer distance, more elevation, more topography, you know, type of racer. Um, and certainly not, uh, not necessarily a power runner through the mud. So, um, yeah, so I was ecstatic. I was ecstatic with the result. Um, very happy, like glad I had, you know, you guys to run with and to, to, you know, think about and, and be motivated by during the race. And, um, yeah, I just, you know, I, I can't complain at all. I think it was amazing. And, and hopefully this is, you know, kind of sets the pace for, um, for what's upcoming with more races that kind of suit my, suit my capabilities. I mean, you're in as good of a spot as possible, right? You came here just to yeah. be like, yeah, let's yeah. just get some points on the board and see what And And along those lines, yeah, are people acting like you were like some age grouper that came out and like <laughs> got on the podium? Like you weren't just like constantly on like winning races and, and top three races, like you were top 10 at West Virginia. <laughs> like any race you're in in 2019, like you were a threat. I, I feel like Robin on the line. It's not an easy day. I'll tell you. No. That. I mean, I've won. Big day. Yeah, I mean, if it's not not a U.S. National Series race, I probably won it, right? Yeah, or, you're on the podium. You know, yeah, finished second to Nick. Second at Palmerton. Yeah, you know, second in Palmerton, and um, you know, I took fourth at Noram. You know, the past two times we had Noram up in Stratton Mountain, and that you know there was good competition there. Um, I I think uh, I. You know, I probably, I don't, I don't get offended, right. If I'm not on somebody's bracket, um, I, I, I never am the one to think that somebody should know who I am or know what I'm capable of. I'm, I'm okay with being a dark horse because I do this for myself, for my friends, for, you know, uh, for the people that, that I love to train with and hopefully motivate and inspire. Um, but I will give it my all, right. I'll always be out there, um, there should be no doubt that I'm going to put in the work to prepare for a race. And there should be no doubt that I'm going to put all effort, you know, in every race I show up to um, really it's just, how's it going to shake out? How am I that day? And um, you know, hopefully, yeah, a lot of, you know, some podcasts and stuff, people thought I was a big surprise. Um, but I don't think, I mean, Nick, I, Nick and I raced together quite a bit since I we, raced Logan probably more than anybody in 2019. So Nick knew, I mean, Nick, yeah. Nick and I are aware of each other's capabilities and stuff. Um, and, and anybody here in the Midwest kind of knows, knows what I'm about. Um, but I've, I haven't focused on the U S national series. I haven't focused on, you know, real specific races, but uh, you know, these really major, you know, big races. So uh, I haven't really created that, that big name for myself. So no offense taken, but uh, I'm not going to apologize for busting anyone's brackets this week. I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm offended for you. Hey, I take, I take it, I take it personal for you. Um, <laughs> nah, man, for real. That's great. Um, yeah, I was so pumped. Like when I saw, cause I was watching the freaking athletes page, like refreshing the athletes, trying to, trying to see what was going on. Um, and I think I did catch it in like fourth or fifth. And I was like, all right, perfect. Like he he's there. And like, then we'll just see what happens. But then jumping in the third, it was like, holy shit. I had no idea what was, what, what was happening. I was just oh, awesome. saw names on the thing. And it's like, I came through, I was like, Holy. Um, so totally pumped about that. And yeah, puts you in a good spot for, for what, for what's next. Um, Mark, how are you, how did you feel about your race? Were, were you happy? I mean, we kind of alluded to it. Probably not the, the outcome that you were expecting or looking for. 
Um, so how are you feeling about the race? And like, what, what do you think he would have done different? Um, I mean, I think in, I mean, obviously in, in hindsight, <clears throat> what I would do differently is probably join, um, just join Logan in the burpee pit a little bit sooner there. But, but is that, is that realistic though? Like if you run I that mean, race nine, 10, 10 times, you do that. How many times? Like, right once exactly. maybe and like uh like nick said i kind of saw the same opportunity there like i didn't you know i didn't show up to to stay in, in fifth or sixth place there um i showed up to to be on the podium so i went for it so i'm you know i'm, I'm not too uh upset over that but I, yeah i'm i'd be lying if i said i wasn't disappointed with the with the finish um in seventh place um so but i mean the uh i guess the silver lining is though it's like kind of refocused me and give me new energy um and, and new motivation to to get ready for you know race number two in the series and like logan said a lot of you know people see my speed but my strength lies in longer like the longer um these events go the more that's going to play into my favor with like obstacles meaning a little bit less and you know a little more like longer more brutal carries are going to be more up my alley. So I'm also looking forward to, to getting on to, to race number two and um, in the series. And then I think uh, to answer your other question, what's next is I'm going to hit a couple of local trail races to, to kind of get off the pavement a little bit more. And then um, I'm going to head down to Charlotte for the sprint weekend in April. Cool. Um, yeah, man. I mean, when, when things start to turn into a grind, that that's all you there's not a ton of i mean the different type of grind for jacksonville but man if it was that long of a slog for two hours yeah that would that that's gonna be up your alley um Riker, how you feeling uh i mean i don't think i could have done anything more to prepare for jacksonville so that's pretty on a good bright side you know i had a great you know i got sick a couple of weeks before not not covid but i just got a little stomach flu um back sent me back for a week and then the week leading up to the or well, two weeks leading up to the race i got some kind of gi issue where it's really messed with a lot of my fatigue levels but i still gave it everything i had at the race um but and i'm disappointed with 11th but you know i'm looking forward to the we have a whole season and that's what i'm just looking forward to now you know you got I got this one out of the way and now it's just time to do more work. Um, like I said, I've had the lead up of 2021, 2021. I've had a great two months of training. I thought I've ran more miles in the month of January than any month I've ever done before. So, you know, and I, I hate to play this card, but I'm still one of the younger guys out there. So I still have a lot of time to improve a lot of time to, you know, make my name the sport still. And, you know, I'm going to be seeing Mark in Charlotte, you know, I'll see, yeah. him, I'll see him over there. Um, then, right before that, I'm going to hit up DecaFit in Dallas in March. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I got to yeah. figure, out, figure out which one of those I can get to. And, like, just, like, so you've done you, – you've, you've played the – you played it right when it came to, you know, the stomach issues and leading into the race. Like, you, you mentioned it to me, and I was like – my first reaction was like, like, shit. Like, that's not – that's not awesome. No. Um, but, but then I thought like, well, if anybody's going to handle it, it's going to be you. <laughs> You're just going to be like, man, you're like, yeah, it's not that bad when I run, but like 
aside from the physical, there is still a mental component of being ill. I mean, Brian Kowiski said in an interview, like he looked at me at the star line and I was nervous. I mean, I was, I didn't know how my body was going to hold up during race. I was, I was excited, but I was way more nervous than excited. Um, So I wish I can go back and kind of like talk me off that ledge a little bit. Um, I couldn't eat anything the night before or the morning of, like I was just so nervous, like what's the body going to do tomorrow? And I'm two miles in the race and I get this horrible stomach cramp. Like, I don't know. Um, Thankfully I had a journal in the whole time I felt like, and it just kind of went away, but um, definitely was way more nervous than I um, have ever been for a race. Yeah. And it's like at the first race after a year of nothing and the year of prep and thinking about this race, it's like, even though this race isn't, isn't that big of a deal, it's a big deal to get the podium on, but not that big of a a deal, like in general, like the grand scope of things. Mm -hmm. But when it's this first race that comes back, it's like this huge weight. It's like, got to prove everything. Everybody's looking at it. Yeah. Right. And like, it's really not the case, you know? So, but like, so it's just getting that out, getting those jitters done and man, fucking season time so i'm fired up yeah. um so, so charlotte early. it's so early in the season you know and the season is so long and it's going to be so back heavy that you know it's almost yeah the last place you want to be is on the podium this early in the season <laughs> but you'll take it um, take the money i'll tell you take that. that money logan where are you going to be next do you have an idea yeah you know uh so i was gonna go to i was thinking about going to vegas uh nice but I, it might be at the same time as American Ninja Warrior out in Tacoma. So I may not be able to make it, but it's either going to be that or, you know, maybe I'll beat these guys down in Charlotte. Um, Let's make Charlotte fun. a thing. Yeah, that uh, might be fun. Charlotte I mean, that's be a U- short... There'll be the U.S. National Series number two, then if you go low. Yeah, seriously. Uh, we, we, we can all be on the podium for sure for that one. I think we can clean up. But uh, I know Woods will be there too, right? He lives, he lives in that area. Um, so, and, yeah. And I mean, yeah, I'll look at I'll look at that, and then um, you know, really planning on hitting the U.S. National Series, you know, pretty deliberately, and then you know, just seeing seeing how it shakes out for the rest of the season. And we're thinking Big Bear probably won't happen, but you gotta you gotta plan for the, you know, prepare for the like plan for the best. Or I won't be at Big Bear no matter what, even if it happens. You're not gonna go? No, no, no. You get three out of five. Big Bear, Utah, that's out for me. That's not my wheelhouse. It's, I, oh, I, I don't ever want to do that. Yeah. So, so you're going to bank on slow happening in November? Yeah. Okay. That's fair because those are not altitude. Because that, that's at sea level. You know, Big Bear and Utah are at altitude. Yeah. Which is hard. Both, it's hard, and they're both it's hard to beast. breathe at altitude. I'm not, a, not a beast kind of guy. Not yet. Not yet. Um, all right, dudes. Well, I appreciate you guys popping on. Uh, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but... Good, good start to the season. Glad we were able to kind of connect and uh, keep this thing rolling. So um, make sure to link to all your socials and everything. And cool, fellas. Make sure we'll, we'll know, make sure that people know what you guys are up to. So I'm just going to press stop and we'll just hang here for a sec. All right. Cool. Thanks, Rich. Yeah, man. Thanks, Rich.